Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. Today on Paid in Puke, Abortion Palooza 2019! We compare the 1996 Alexander Payne directorial debut Citizen Ruth which satirizes the public debate about abortion. With the low-key 2009 dramedy, Obvious Child, the directorial debut of Gillian Robespierre, that offers a realistic depiction of how abortion factors into a woman's life. Welcome to Abortion Palooza 2019. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about Obvious Child and Citizen Ruth. Let's start with Citizen Ruth. Just because it kind of provides a foundation for the evolution of (laughs) abortion movies. um, It's kind of a prequel, I guess. (laughs) And it harkens back to a simpler time when uh, Roe v. Wade seemed like a done deal. Right, yeah. (laughs) And uh, it just seemed like the debate was silly because when are we not going to be able to get abortions? (laughs) Now the question is more like, will we be able to get abortions? Will we be tried for murder if we get an abortion? <laughs> How far do we have to drive to get one? Alvi's Child also has a bit of a quaintness to it in that regard, because that was 10 years ago. Citizen Ruth, the year was 1996. <laughs> Meet Ruth Stoops. The cops know her by name. Ruth, wake up. Ruth! The judge knows her on site. Do you know how many times you've been arrested in the last year and a half? God. Sixteen times. You're sick of me. I'm sorry. But nobody ever really noticed her. You know you're pregnant? (sighs) Why don't you just do us all a favor and go take care of this problem? Now, everybody wants a piece of her. When we heard about your case, I just knew we had to help. They want to use you to send a message. Ruth Stoops, I have a couple of questions about your case. This is a private matter. One side is pulling from her left. There's always women like you who are most victimized by anti-choice. Third world women, women of color. I'm not a color woman. The other side is pushing from her right. God loves your baby. The baby savers are declaring a national alert. And both sides. Car! You have got the devil inside you! Will pay anything. I am holding here a check for $15,000. $15,000! To get their message delivered. You think you're ready to have a child? Yeah, I have four other kids and I didn't make a cent. Miramax Films presents Swoozy Kurtz, Kelly Preston, Burt Reynolds, and Laura Dern. Oh, what I do now? Citizen Ruth. Alexander Payne had yet to get an Oscar nomination for every subsequent film he directed. It was written by him and Jim Taylor, who 
he later collaborated with on the lection and mm-hmm. about Schmidt in Sideways and Downsizing, which I just learned about from Amy last <laughs> oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on a true story, and it actually follows the true story fairly oh, closely. I did not know that. Uh, this true story of a woman named Martina Greywind, who was a 28-year-old homeless Drug-addled North Dakota woman who was busted for huffing spray paint and learned she was pregnant when she was in jail. And she'd already lost six children to state custody and was charged with endangering her unborn child and was bailed out by a Christian group called the Lambs of Christ. And they did offer her $10,000 if she had the baby, but a pro-choice organization did not offer her a counter amount of money they just said uh how about instead of you <laughs> taking ten thousand dollars and having to be pregnant uh we'll just drive you 100 miles to the nearest clinic and pay for the procedure and that's what she chose but oh, okay. in citizen oh. ruth there's an interesting choice that she has to make because both sides are equally eager to make it a political statement so mm. both sides offer her the same amount of money and she has to decide for a while until the decision is made for her right what, uh, what do we like about this movie? There's a lot that I like about this. There's some stuff I don't like, but I know that we're not going to feel the same way, but this is actually my favorite Laura Dern performance. Wow. Uh, yeah, I love, I mean, I always like her anyway, mm-hmm. but um, I really love her in this movie. I think she is so funny. And yeah. <laughs> I, just, I really mm-hmm. like that she yells, suck the shit out of my ass. <laughs> suck the shit out of my ass, you fucker! one of my favorite moments in movie history. Uh, she definitely gets to play to her strengths, which is screaming hilarious mm-hmm. lines and crying. That's and her crying and really like swerving on a dime kind of, like bursting yeah. into tears and then immediately collecting herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but believably so though. I right. know that scene outside of her brother's house, she does stop crying as soon as she realizes that he's going to give her some money, but she still was crying. Yes. She rubs her eyes, and you could tell that she she's just feels better because she knows she's going to get temporary relief. I mean, she is a complicated character. Right. She's definitely very singularly driven by her need to get high, but <laughs> <laughs> she's got conflict. Right. I obviously have an affinity for what her performance in Wild at Heart. Right. But um, this is definitely way up there for me. And it's kind of a precursor for some of her later career great roles like in Big Little Lies and that Mike White show. Oh. Enlightened. Enlight- uh, I yeah. loved Enlightened. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of a... In fact, I feel like I remember her character being compared to Bruce Stoops when Enlightened came out. In a way. Because she she's an alcoholic. Oh, okay. Who has a nervous breakdown and then uh, kind of tries to get her life back but everyone saw this t- this terrible side of her they're kind of all afraid of her now and uh and she's at at the same time she realizes the company that she's been working for they're damaging the environment with their products basically and she wants to become a whistleblower there are people who want her to be a whistleblower but also people who think she's going to be unhinged and it's a question of whether or not she's gonna freak out before she gets this whistleblowing thing done anyway it's a complicated story her character is very complicated Mostly unlikable in terms of everything she does, but because it's Laura Dern, she's so mm-hmm. likable. Right. Okay, I know you did this. Don't do it, don't do it. Health and beauty is you my department. It's my department. Health and beauty was mine. 
can't, it's so exciting to watch her, and she does a ton of ugly crying and screaming and screaming profanities. <laughs> she does a really great job of, like, teetering that line of, like, totally falling apart and, like, pulling it together, and <sighs> and she's very, like... I just like the one scene where, like, she's being confronted by, like, the pro-choice people. What you're gonna do is gonna affect millions of American women. And she's like, what I do now? <laughs> and there's something, like, very endearing about it. Yeah. I really like that she's pretty much unapologetically not interested in her kids. love when, when the judge tells her she was... all Her kids were taken away because she was an unfit mother. She says, no, I was only unfit for two of them. I was only unfit for uh, two of them. First one got adopted, and I think the second one... Shut up. But when she goes to see her brother, who is, I guess, raising two of her kids, she is not very interested in their kids. Only she has, seems to express the most idle curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like she's kind of looking through the window, and she's like, oh, how are they? And then he says something, one of them tied his shoes for the first time and mm-hmm. she just says see she can't give me 20 bucks <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah. i like that that she's that they don't have her expressing all this sentiment for her kids mm-hmm. yeah she doesn't know them yeah right. she's definitely not she's very childlike herself she's mm-hmm. not motherly in any way right and she's in a really bad situation which is something she says when she's at the you know pregnancy information mm-hmm. center You don't understand. I'm in a really bad, bad situation right now. I mean bad. We know it's hard, Ruth. Very hard. But you have to face reality. What's the matter? Are you fucking people deaf? I said I want an abortion! She's not fit to take care of herself. She's a drug addict who... She just cannot get off that. And, I mean, why would she even be thinking about raising kids or having another child yeah the pro-life group definitely isn't thinking beyond and this is obviously <laughs> seems rings true but they're not thinking beyond the birth of the child at all they're right. just thinking we just don't want another abortion and it doesn't matter what kind of mother you're going to be i love you know how many people are yelling at her we'll raise your baby for you how often that is offered and not meant she's definitely very childlike i love her all her flailing and mannerisms (laughs) and uh she she reminds me of paul rudd and uh wet hot american summer (laughs) i don't think that uh, he based his performance off of of her in this movie but Definitely the characters are kindred spirits where she's just, you know, there's a lot of eye rolling and like, right. oh. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Gordon, she's like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You sickened me. Sorry. 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 <laughs> when she's being attacked, she just does that crazy, like, leg spin. <laughs> just kind of anything she can do to, to, you know, so they can't touch her. Right. Reminded me of my kids when they didn't want to be picked up. It's going limp, and they just kind of fall out of your arms. And wet noodle. She has the, the instincts of a small child. I like the, um, when the babysaviors take, the, take her into their house, and she's in the bathtub, like... <laughs> winking like one that. eye to the other eye. it's like the camera one camera two yeah. like from wayne's world like camera one camera two <laughs> and it's cool different shot. views of her foot yeah there's like the really child like guilelessness of yeah. ruth 
Right, and then that first night she's there, she takes forever to get ready for dinner, and she puts on so much makeup. <laughs> she looks so silly yeah, when yeah. she comes out, and you see this, it's just like a child's idea of how fancy people yeah. eat dinner. She's <laughs> like, just feel like a princess. <laughs> <laughs> how do I look? Clean and pretty. Wow, I feel like a princess. Who's wearing all that perfume? She's got like a side pony, you know, you know, a lot of blush on, and she's wearing like a sweatsuit. I guess that is kind of what a princess looks like now, so. <laughs> Laura Dern herself really loved playing this character. She said that that Ruth Stoops is one of her favorite oh, nice. characters yeah. of all time, and I, I quote from her, she says, I've never fallen in love with a character more, I think she said this years ago, but... There was not one scene where I wasn't barfing or farting or vomiting or burping. <laughs> it's a disgusting mess. <laughs> she loves to get lost in a performance and in a character, and she doesn't feel like she needs to be glamorous about her characters. Yeah, yeah. Even when she's playing a paleontologist. <laughs> My friend and I coined this phrase, the Laura Dern disease, many years ago, which is just our term for people who have always looked 40, basically. Right. When she was... When she was 19, when she looked 40, and she looks 40 now that she's, like, 60. Like, Stalker Channing is another example. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, and Steve Martin. Paul Rudd, I guess, in a way, too, although he's kind of... He's his kind is of more like he's always looked 30. Yeah, he's just 20, never ages. 30, yeah. But, but then in this movie, she, I feel like she looks younger than her 28 years that she had. Right. And it's just, for me, yeah. that's such a... An anomaly. For yeah, it's funny. I feel like you're right. If you watched this and watched Blue Velvet and didn't know which came first, you would think this one came first. Yeah, she does come across younger. I think John Hamm said that about himself that he, he when he was first uh, breaking into show business, like everything was teenagers. It was a time of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And so I didn't even look like a teenager when I was a teenager, <laughs> which I could see. Like, yeah, I can't weird. imagine his face being any different. Like, right. Yeah. Imagine that face on a 5 He has a 40-year-old looking face. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think. It's like, if he looked like a 40-year-old Laura Dern, it's a good thing. Right. Or a 40-year-old John Hamm. Right. I love that uh, the pro-life people are constantly feeding her chicken and eggs. And, right. Uh, and um, they have a rifle in the house. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone always looks so disgusting eating their chicken or their eggs that she's always grossed out by it. So she, she like, looks at her plate and doesn't want to eat. As a vegetarian, I, could, I acknowledge the chicken smells good and I know that it tastes good because I have eaten it before. Uh, but it really is one of the things where you look generally look gross eating it mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and they really played that up with the, eat it right the off sounds the yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly particularly drumsticks yeah it's not like if you're cutting into a cutlet or whatever it's different but eating a chicken drumstick always looks kind of gross yeah eskimo eskimo you know it's so uh mysterious eskimo i've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of mopey dick you know what i mean a thing that always stuck with me, what really tickled me at the time, was when she's in the pregnancy crisis center and they say, well, you know, what would you want? A little boy? A little girl? Well, we're just talking here. Let's say you decided to have the child. Uh, would you like it to be a little boy like this one? Maybe a girl. A girl. <laughs> yes. And what are we going to name this little pumpkin? Are we going to call it... Uh, uh, Mary or, or Sally or Susie or uh, 
Tanya. <laughs> I think that is the perfect name of what that character would name. Yeah. Yes. Like baby Tanya. Yeah. And then they they run with that yeah. at the end, I like love that. they're like, don't right. give up on baby Tanya. Right. And then that baby grows up to be a figure satyr. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see that. Grows. Yeah. There were so many good lines that Ruth said. One that kind of like stuck with me just randomly. They force her to go to the pro-life clinic. They make her watch a a video comparing abortion to the Holocaust. (laughs) Crazy abortion propaganda. And she, she comes out of there and says... I slept in a lot of dumpsters. I wonder if I slept on babies. It was just like a weird, like, like, That's oh. That's what she got out of that movie. It really makes you think, yeah. yeah. I wrote down that line when they talked to her about watching the movie where they talked to her like she's a child. They like, they're like, do you like going to the movie? Right, yeah. Do you like the movies? And then the doctor says, like, I'm going to explain some of the medical facts to you. And it's kind of the same speech that they give Juno in that movie. In Juno. <laughs> Your baby probably has a beating heart, you know. It can feel pain. And it has fingernails. Fingernails? Really? Which is not even true. Yeah. <laughs> the fingernails thing is not even true. Like, I don't know if that's intentional in Juno that, mm. you know, pro-lifers love misinformation. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if that's intentional or not. But did you ever see that movie Grandma with Lily Tomlin? Mm. No. Oh, no. It's another abortion mm-hmm. comedy. And I think there's a line in that, I think, in specifically meant to correct Juno. Like somebody, and, you know, it's about Lily Tomlin's granddaughter needs an abortion and they need to get some money for it. And at one of the places, there, there's some pro-lifer and she says, your baby has fingernails. And Lily Tomlin says, not till 20 weeks, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's <laughs> I made a, I somewhere was writing a list of other abortion movies. Oh, yeah, um, for our next abortion palooza. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I really like uh, Ruth's exchange with her mother at the end, which yeah. is her real mother, Diane Ladd. Right. Ruth, you listen to me! Don't you do it! What if I'd aborted you? Well, at least I wouldn't have had to suck your boyfriend's cock! <laughs> Don't you bring that up again! That's ancient history! How many times have they played mother and daughter? It's it's many times. <laughs> They're so perfect and delightful. I also like when she's trying to speak in pro-choice jargon and she goes, I'm gonna... stay here. And I'm gonna have that abortion like I wanted. Because I'm a citizen and I got my rights to... um. Pick her understanding of what's happening. Right. I do really love Ruth's line. She blows their cover, which is like, <laughs> right. Let me tell you something. You want to send a message? I ain't no fucking telegram, bitch. That's a really good line. That's really clever. Like, that's a really yeah, sick bird that... for Ruth's cheeks, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I love, she, I, I love every time she's mad. She just like says something so awesome. A line that I really like and it's also poignant to me is. When Burt Reynolds is talking about how they've raised thirty thousand dollars to give to her to help her, so and he says uh, she shouldn't have to have an abortion just because she's poor, mm-hmm. um, which I find that you know I think it is so much a class issue, but I also find that so sad 
today because, you know, they haven't been able to make abortion illegal, but they've made it so difficult that it is so much harder to get an abortion if you're poor. You have to have this 24-hour waiting period, and there's only one clinic in your state, and it's 200 miles away, so you have to stay overnight, and all of that is so financially punitive to poor people. So, you know, mm -hmm. they have made it so hard for poor people to get an abortion, and the pro-lifer is saying, oh, you shouldn't have to have an abortion just because you're poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too poor to afford one. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> I also like how after she yells, Suck the shit out of my ass, you fucker! There are a lot of good little lines. I also just just a throwaway line of when she first gets to the to Mary Kay Place's house and she just sits down in the first chair she finds and she goes, We don't normally sit in those chairs. Yeah, we don't sit on those chairs. It's such a, yeah. It's just such a hallmark of a certain lifestyle that you right. have furniture you don't use. Yeah. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now if you'll excuse me. So I really like a lot of the supporting cast in this movie, yes. and I was so excited I forgot Alicia Witt was in it. Yeah, and I love Alicia Witt. She's got a uh -huh. great, small but great role as mm -hmm. an out of control teenager. Right. She's so funny. And the woman who works in the uh, the woman who says "Baby Tanya," she was a favorite. She was on All My Children Forever. Oh, so, really? Yeah. And, uh, so it was fun seeing her. But, and I also, I like Mary Kay Place and Spoozy Kurtz a lot in general. Kurt with Smith. I mostly know him from that 70s show, which I know we've previously established oh, you didn't okay. watch, but is yeah, that he's the dad the on dad? that 70s show. Okay, and is he, he's he the, the pro-life dad. dad guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's uh, the... <laughs> yeah, he looked vaguely the, familiar. Yeah, but... at the hardware store. Right. <laughs> I love his scene in the hardware store. <laughs> yeah. That is a really hilarious, awkward scene. And I love how... When Ruth is recounting the things she heard that day, and she's really mulling over everything at the very end. Dale's out today. You collect the carts. That's <laughs> <laughs> like after she's thinking about all the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should I get an abortion? Should I not get an abortion? Dale's out today. Yeah. <laughs> the scene where the the baby savers, the dad is leading like a sermon or something mm -hmm. in their house, and they're singing like. Jesus loves the little children oh, yeah. of the, and then like it cuts to all the women outside the clinic screaming murderer <laughs> and like the total switch that is flipped when these people go from church to the abortion clinics. Yeah. Right. And while they're singing that their their daughter is sneaking out. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> they definitely do not care that much about the kids that they have. Right. Well, especially not the older one. No. They, the other one is the miracle one. Yes, that's oh, right. right. I loved the uh, the Burt Reynolds character, who's like the king of the baby savers, basically. Mm -hmm. And he gets called in to take on wooing Ruth back to yeah. their side. And like he comes in this private jet. He's telling this story about like he has this like the lackey kid. That, yeah. 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 Yeah, and like the kid basically goes with him everywhere and, and he's talking to Mary Kay Place's husband about the origin story of this kid who's like his assistant and he's like, his mother was standing on the steps of the abortuary. <laughs> she heard a voice from God and then this kid is basically oiling him up and like mm -hmm. massaging him in the hotel room.
It's just like really awkward and that character, Burt Reynolds, is like pretty perfect of like what I would envision somebody at the head of that movement would be like. Maybe I am a little too passionate, but that's who I am. That's why I founded this ministry. That's why I lead this ministry. I lead it with every pore and every fiber and every muscle in my being. And if we really want to demonstrate our compassion and our commitment to saving lives, then maybe we should offer this girl at least $30,000. And then their, like, Baby Savers logo is, like, a nautical, like, yeah. lifesaver with a fetus, like, a in fetus the middle of it. Full head of hair. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's just so, that like... That was my favorite detail about that logo. <laughs> I used oh. to watch Smokey and the Bandit a lot okay. on TV. I don't know. It was just like on TV a lot. Yeah. Or Cannonball Run. Cannonball Ooh. Run is when I feel was on all the time. That wasn't yeah. all the time. The outtakes for something. Or there's uh, where the credits are. The outtakes are over the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I had enough time, I would take those rosary bleeds and uh, stuff them up your nose. These bleeds? And those bleeds there. Remember when the state recreated Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always think of. Yeah. It's kind of poignant when she keeps listening to the tapes about how to buy a house. And yeah, she tells Harlan she's... that's what she's going to do with the money. She's like, I know a way to buy a house. Yeah. And, you know, he asks her what she's going to do with $15,000. And it really shows how she really has no clue how much money that is. Or I mean, it is mm-hmm. a lot of money to her. But also she has no clue how much things cost. She says, well, I know a way to buy a house. And then I think I would get a car. And she says some other things she would do. Right. Like, this is $15,000. Right. You're going to run out. (laughs) And sadly, he is absolutely right. He says, we both know that money will be gone in three days. Yeah. Which is probably probably true. Maybe a little longer than that. Right. Drug of choice is not very expensive. Right. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully so she would like but she's get a place to stay for a couple months, at, you know, yeah. put a couple months down on an apartment, please. Although, I mean, I think the ending, I don't, she is trying to better herself in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, we never saw her do this before. Maybe it is a pattern with her where she makes a choice to try and get better, but then she just can't. But, you know, she's listening to that tape, and then her posture throughout the whole movie is so terrible. She's always so slumpy. And then she does stand up straight as she's walking away at the end with her money. Mm-hmm. And it could just be a moment of her being like, oh, I'm going to change my life now, but she's not going to stick to it. But it's sort of, I mean, it's as optimistic as this movie gets. Because For that moment, at least, she feels like things are going to get better for her. I got the sense, like, she was just... In the end, like, she's kind of a pawn for either side, okay. and she gets to just walk away from yeah. it all, and she gets some money, so it's <laughs> like, she got out. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it kind of just happened that way for her. I feel like it was, she was living by the seat of her pants at that point, yeah. but then I wonder if she did sort of see it as an opportunity at the very end, because mm-hmm. she was just so focused on getting that money after she had the miscarriage. If I want the money, I can't let anybody know this happened. Right. Well, um, she is about to tell Susie Kurtz that that happened. That's and then true. She gets interrupted. You're right. Um, she is about to tell her. Yeah. I forgot about that. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, my biggest hot prob with this movie <laughs> is the ending. Like, is to me such a cop out. You know, I don't like a convenient miscarriage mm-hmm. as a trope. 
A thing for me with this movie is I feel like it really doesn't take a side and it almost has this equal opportunity offender vibe. Yeah. Which, why isn't there a normal person? The only person in the movie I think who has had an abortion is one of the baby savers. And she, oh, I had an abortion and it ruined my life. I don't want yeah. that to happen to you. They and regretted it. Yeah. Right. It frustrates me every time. Like, I want her to make mm-hmm. a decision. Yeah. yeah. That's and a big I, problem for me, too. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know this was based on a true story, but I feel like what would be truest to the character in the plot was that she probably would have just have an abortion. Yeah. And yeah. take the money and go. And I just feel that the filmmakers are just afraid to do that. And why? You know, it's not mm-hmm. like... Yeah. I mean, she's not a sympathetic character anyway, so if somebody is going to lose sympathy for her for that, like, you lost that person from the beginning of the yeah. movie anyway. There is a little bit of history about depicting abortion in movies. Mm-hmm. In the early days of the MPAA, they set a standard that had specific rules about depicting abortion. It said, the subject of abortion shall be discouraged, shall never be more than suggested, and when referred to shall be condemned. It must never be treated lightly or made the subject of comedy. Abortion shall never be shown explicitly or by inference. A story must not indicate that an abortion has been performed. The word abortion shall not be used. This is all in the beginning. And then they never really lifted it. They just sort of relaxed about it over the years. Mm. It's so interesting how you couldn't show abortion, but also it was a big deal that Lucille Ball was pregnant on TV too. So... It's just, ugh, the woman's body is just something to be so ashamed of and disgusted by. Yeah, I think they didn't even, couldn't say the word pregnant. On, yeah. But there yeah. have definitely been abortions in movies, in movies that were before Yeah, but it's just, movie. it took a long time for them right. to, I guess, by habit almost. They were like, well, yeah. it's just not something we can do. One of my questions for everybody was, what differences did you see with this movie that was written and directed by men mm-hmm. versus this movie that was written and directed by women that we're going to talk about next. Right. Well, I guess for me what that, how that comes across is that this is a man making a movie about abortion. He's just, I don't have a side here. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. And I mean, I think that's bullshit. You know what I mean? I I think it's bullshit when people don't have a stance, Uh, you know? I mean, I think it's bullshit when they're pro-life, but I also think, I think to say, I don't really have a stance about this one way or the other well, then that means that you're pro-choice. If you if you don't, unless you right. feel so, like I have a little bit of respect. If you, okay, if you really feel like that's murder, then sure, you're against it. If mm-hmm. you, you know, people are against murder, what they perceive to be murder, okay? But if you don't feel that way, then you should feel that people should make their own decisions about their own bodies. You right. Know? So that, how that comes across to me is just, Oh, look, there's such silly people on both sides, and they're so extreme on both sides, mm-hmm. and isn't it all just kind of a silly thing? Yeah, you know? yeah. It kind of reminded me of South Park in that way. Right. South like Park, it's, I guess, reminds yeah. Their whole thing of, like, it's dumb to care about something. Yeah. 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 You know, going back to what you were saying about what you can can and can't show, but, I mean, Dirty Dancing was before this movie, and Fast Times mm-hmm. was before this. It's going to be a thing where I have to mention Fast Times yeah. every time we die. I haven't seen Fast Times that many times, but Dirty Dancing, I did see it a shit ton, because that was just mm-hmm. the movie of sleepovers in, oh, right. in whatever, when, how old am I? I don't know. <laughs> whatever it came out uh, many years ago. And uh, it was a while before I even realized 
what the abortion subplot was. I didn't really okay. know what was going on with that because right. they never do say. They're just like, oh, she's something had she had she's this, in trouble she's in trouble yeah, yeah exactly trouble. it was a euphemism right. she's in trouble that girl's did you get that girl in trouble and uh and i knew she was really sick and that she'd i could tell that she'd had sex with that that bad guy but um <laughs> it took me like probably at least 10 or 15 viewings before i was like oh okay interesting so yeah, yeah i mean i was well young, fast times but, is explicit i yeah. mean she tells the guy i want you to know that i'm pregnant and he says well we have to get an abortion and she says i have it covered it's gonna cost us much at the clinic and then she goes to the clinic and has i mean you mm-hmm. could not not get what that what was happening there yeah but again that's a movie yes. made by a woman yeah. <laughs> i find the ending and that stance to be a cop-out. It's someone saying, I want to make a movie about abortion and about people on both sides of the issue, but I don't want to take a side. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's a major flaw with this movie. Absolutely. I think so, too. Yeah. And that is, that's what I wrote down for Hot Prab. And then also just how, obviously I have a stance on this, but I feel like their skewering of the pro-life people was pretty accurate. I mean, they really yeah. do stand outside of clinics and they really do have the signs and they really do spew a lot of false facts and right. try to make people feel bad. But then with the, the pro-choice people were just like, oh, lesbians who live on a on It's a their farm. lesbians, right. Right, yeah. 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 She like, takes off that wig and she's got the right. haircut. I'm like, oh, come on. Like they make them they're hippies, hippies or yeah, something? Like just, where they're yeah, there's gonna... one kind of lesbian and they're all into like crystal healing. It did and... make me laugh because uh, my mother was really into that sort of stuff too. <laughs> that when she's massaging her foot and she gets back right. to her liver. Yeah. <laughs> that made me that laugh because I've definitely heard that from the thing a lot. <laughs> but, um, and then how like her closet's just full of giant chunky sweaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they like sing to the moon. Goddess mother, mother of us all. Hear us now, feel us now. They're trying to make them yeah, they're trying to make seem them like they're, they're, they're just right. as exactly. ridiculous, and it's just not, I don't know. It and then the one voice of reason is the man that is hanging out with them. Right. Yeah. Like, all right, listen, here's what I'm going to do. He really is the only reasonable yeah. person. <laughs> because he, you can see he, he really wants her to make her own decision and to just not be influenced by other people or influenced by the money. And he doesn't really care about sending a message. Bitches are crazy. Right. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's always lesbian. Exactly. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. Well, we did lunchtime poll. It's exactly a midway point. Lunchtime poll because it's just about um, movies in general. Um, it's hard coming up with with a lunchtime poll for abortion movies because there's like, okay, so how many abortions have we all had? <laughs> but, um, so I thought, uh, wh- what is your least favorite pregnancy cliche in a movie or pregnancy trope? Um, well, for me, uh, I mean, I have a lot, but probably the number one is when people are accidentally pregnant and they and they act like, oh, this is just, well, we don't know how pregnancy happens. How did this happen? <laughs> I don't feel that way about this movie. She is just not taking care of herself in any way. But, you know, it really bugs me in singles. It's the only thing about singles that I don't like, how mm-hmm. she gets pregnant and just have a conversation about, you know. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. just even a throwaway line of like, oh, maybe that condom broke or right. anything. <laughs> or I forgot to take my pill or 
it's supposed to be 98% of anything at all, you know, but just, oh, (laughs) well, guess what? I'm pregnant. So a surprise pregnancy, totally unexplained in a movie is probably my least favorite. Yeah, that's (laughs) totally. People like that, like the couple in singles, they've had that conversation before about what birth control to use. Right. I mean, mean, when they first meet, she's telling him the story about how she was a semester too late for the sexual revolution because it would come as your favorite contraceptive party. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this. Like, I know that accidental pregnancies happen for many reasons. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but, yeah, but just when it does, right, or just say, yeah, something, right, or, you know, something like that condom was in my wallet for three years, whoops, some, and, yeah. you know, anyway. I feel like that's a line I've seen in movies, right? <laughs> uh, what about you, Christina? I just thought, like, in general, like, any movie where there's somebody getting pregnant, there's always, like, doing the pregnancy test scene, and... <laughs> I feel like I've just seen it, yeah, like with singles and Obvious Child and lots of movies. I don't know. The stress of taking Just the stress of it and, like, is there another way they could, like, just, like, move on to the audience will know, like, okay, yeah, she's pregnant or something, you know? The other one, I I feel like I've seen women going into the labor and it's in New York City and, like, they're always (laughs) racing in the taxi or something. I don't know. That's just something I feel like I've seen a lot and, like, in TV shows and... I feel like there was more than one television show where they have people stuck in an elevator and a pregnant woman like oh, yeah, goes was... into labor in the trapped elevator 100%, car. That was right. like a kind of episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very TV movie thing. Yeah. Where it's, your water breaks and the baby comes immediately. Yeah. Which... <laughs> yeah. When it's not accurate. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have loads of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does happen uh, very rarely. I did have a friend who they thought they had loads of time and they ended up having to call the fire department because (laughs) she just started crowning. But it was her second baby and uh, (laughs) it was a very big surprise. Like, everyone was surprised. It's not, that's just not how it happens generally. I know it's not as dramatic to be like, all right, now we have to put up, turn on our uh, contraction timing app. Right. And, oh, we're six <laughs> minutes well. apart. We, uh, we shouldn't go in until it's three, right? Such and such. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of waiting around. How about you? What's your least favorite pregnancy trope? Mine is just that a woman cannot throw up in a movie and not be pregnant later. It's oh, right. It's puke. Yes. It's yeah. always, mm-hmm. she's always pregnant. There's never, I mean, I can't think of a single movie where someone's just like, must have been something I ate, or that was weird. Right. Yeah, nobody yeah. ever throws up unless they're pregnant. Although that yeah. is flipped. I have to go back to Fast Times again, because... That's <laughs> yeah, a perfect movie. It is. It is, you know? Oh, I will defend that. But, um, Stacey, the girl who gets pregnant and has an abortion, then later they have a field trip for biology where the guy pulls... Uh, a heart out of a dead guy and she throws up because it's so gross (laughs) so it's fun and i I bet you that she put that in there for that reason because you never see women throw up in movies unless they're pregnant and this is she's not pregnant anymore and that's when she throws up yeah it does seem like something that would bother amy Yeah, but i do like how uh that maybe a pregnant line that everyone gives when they inevitably Mm -hmm. are pregnant because 
when you're a certain age, and no one's asked me if I'm pregnant in a while, but when you're <laughs> a certain age, anytime you complain about anything, be feeling nauseous right. or, or my boobs are sore, maybe you're pregnant. Like, maybe you're pregnant. Yes. <laughs> yes, that, yeah. that is yeah. very true. Did you throw up when you were pregnant either time? I did a little bit with Lula, but not so much with Frankie. My body is just completely averse to throwing up, so when I do, oh, it's okay. terrible. I mean, I think it's because I... Well, that's a chicken and egg thing because I don't know if I, <laughs> if my body is averse to throwing up because when I do, it's just horrible retching and sweating and it's awful and it feels yeah. terrible or if it's so terrible because my body's averse to it. I don't know. It's hard to say, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that I can kind of count on one hand how many times I've, maybe not one hand, but <laughs> it's not that many times. Right. I was nauseous a lot. I would lie down a lot, but I wouldn't actually throw up. Yeah, I had that too where I felt mildly nauseous, like you have a little bit of a hangover or something for the the whole first trimester. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. And then then the the second trimester is like being stoned all the time. (laughs) And then third trimester is just hell on. It's just like, (laughs) it's I hate this. My... Early warning sign both times were sore boobs. I knew okay. that they were just sore in a certain way that they'd never been before, and and then other time were just like the whole boob being sore. Right. <laughs> so I liked that 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 was the early sign in this movie. She throws up after. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> it's an emotional puke that she does after she looks at the pregnancy test. Right. She throws up. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, oh god. Yeah, so we're talking about... I know, <laughs> like that was a good segue into Obvious Child. It segued in so well that we skipped right past the introduction, which <laughs> is that we're talking about the movie Obvious Child. The 2014 film is based off of a 2009 short film written by Karen Maine, and Gillian Robespierre adapted Karen Maine's short script into the feature-length film Obvious Child. I was recently dumped up with my very nice close friend who's such a nice person decided to sleep with my boyfriend i would love to just murder suicide them well i don't know if you've noticed but i'm in kind of an emotional crisis right now i know you're going through some pain right now but you're always going to be going through something i like your shirt this nice shirt's name is max this lady's name is donna is this illegal you've never peed in public before (laughs) (laughs) did you just fart in my face no yeah, I... You laughing? Oh, my boobs are really bad. Maybe you're pregnant. Oh, my God. You didn't use a condom with pee farter? I remember seeing a condom. I just don't know, like, exactly what it did. Maybe you want to tell him. Why? You don't owe him anything. You don't even know this guy. This happens, and I'm going to get an abortion. Hey, Max, you remember from before when we did sex to each other? I'm having your abortion. Do you want to share a dessert? Leave with that. Definitely leave with that. Prove it. He's like so Christian. He's like a Christmas tree. So be the angel on top. I'm not the angel on top. I'm the menorah on top of the tree that burns it down. Max, I have something I want to tell you. There you go. Did you just warm this butter up for me? That's just what you do. Jenny Slate, the Jenny wonderful Slate. I know. revolutionary yeah. Jenny Slate, that she sort of became <laughs> Jillian Robespierre's muse because, uh, yeah, so then they were in, they did Landline together, and Jillian Robespierre is also directing Jenny Slate's upcoming stand-up special, oh. Stage Fright, October 22nd. I will chill for Jenny Slate anytime. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, she's amazing. Yeah. She's great, yeah. And it also stars Gabby Hoffman and Jake Lacey, who apparently a lot of people know from The Office. Oh. The okay. American Office. But yeah. Because I, I think he's just... You can tell by me saying The American Office, which office I prefer. Right. Was what I yeah. Well, especially, I mean, I think he's on just one, like a very last season maybe where yeah. oh yeah that movie, I didn't that's watch a show the that season. ran way longer than it should have <laughs> just like maybe one season right? yeah, yeah agree then i know gabby hoffman from transparent but she's oh, been okay. an actress for a long long time yeah she's been around forever. i know a lot of people really love now and then i never saw it but i feel like a lot of Oh yeah, Women with of a Christina age, Ricci. That is their a favorite childhood favorite. Oh, interesting. I never yeah. saw it. I, it's it, the young, young version of Demi Moore. Oh, she's not. Oh, it's Chris, who's who's young Rosie O'Donnell? I thought that was Gabby Hoffman. Oh, I thought that was Christina Ricci, but okay, I don't know. I, I actually I, I have not see seen it. it. Know, I've yeah. seen it. Like I totally know the movie, but yeah, is Thor that Birch in that too? Um, no, or yeah, Thor Birch. Okay. It's either Thor Birch or. <laughs> God, is it the right? Oh, Maybe no. it's both of them. I, I mean, I think, there's, I think it's four women. Yeah. I know Melanie Griffith is one, and I think Rita Wilson. Oh, yeah. And Rosie O'Donnell and Demi yeah. Moore. So there's, then there's four, at the time, young starlets. I yeah. think Christina, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess there's no way to know. You know what, neither of you, none of us are one of the, the ladies that right. love that movie, but. Right. I like uh, Gabby Hoffman as the precocious kid in Sleepless in Seattle. So. Oh, she oh, was pretty really? Really? Yeah, oh, she was okay. Jonah's little girlfriend. <laughs> I've seen that movie way too many times. Oh, wow. I have to... <laughs> I don't know. It just was always on. I think she did have a series of precocious little girl mm-hmm. Yeah. I know she was featured prominently in Field of Dreams. And oh, okay. oh, right. I forgot about that. My mom loved that movie. <laughs> <laughs> My mom had a thing for Kevin Costner. That's totally her type. Like, oh, Kevin really? Costner yeah. and Bruce Willis. Like, those are the... The guys that she just and Bruce Willis. Yeah. They're kind of two like, different. Oh, I feel like that's such a similar people. look. Yeah. Well, I mean, one is like sort of more clean cut farm guy, and the other one is like it's, it's like city boy, country boy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Willis specifically <laughs> from Moonlight. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a similar look. Kevin Costner, like Kevin Costner when he first got famous, Bruce Willis, moonlighting Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. I feel like yeah, that's a, a similar look. Yeah, a right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I just think of like Die Hard Bruce Willis and Pulp oh. Fiction Bruce Willis are oh, okay. What I think of, but I can see it. I, he did have She's a good a long tenure as kind Bruce of a square. <laughs> right. And I think if, yeah, Kevin Costner is like the ultimate square dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snooze fast. <laughs> I love him as the dead guy in the big chill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christina and I have a big chill thing together. I love the together. big yeah. chill. Oh, All right, so, we got so off yes, topic here. So how do we get to... Obvious child. How are we, we, we even on Field of Dreams? Oh, yeah, Gabby Hoffman with the Field she of Dreams. That's how we got Obvious child is about the, the lead <laughs> characters, played by Jenny Slate. Her name is Donna. And she's a 20-something stand-up comedian who becomes pregnant after a rebound one-night stand. And she immediately decides to get an abortion. And the dilemma is really whether or not to tell uh, her potential paramour right. that she was pregnant. Because they sort of have a rocky start to their meat cute. They right. meat cute, uh, bone cute, and then, they, right. yeah. and then things get a little awkward. Made even more awkward by the fact that 
she <laughs> goes home with David Cross. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. In a very frustrating scene. Very. I mean, he's for so perfect many for that reasons. role. Yeah. Of, like, the self-loathing, arrogant self-loathing. I guess it's, like, faux self-loathing. Right. Right, it's more like that's his shtick. Yeah. I was in L.A. Uh, for three weeks, three shitty weeks. I fucking hate that place. Just running around driving a gold Kia. That's all they had. Well, there was a screw up, but I mean, it was had kind of my fault. Had to drive a gold Kia. I did not pick out a gold <laughs> Kia. Uh, I would pick out a pewter Kia. Yeah. Taupe. But it now looks like I will be moving out there for pilot season. Really? Yeah, I... Uh, I sold the pilot. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah, but let's get out of here. Yeah, he likes to do sh shop talk. Mm -hmm. He's a shop talk guy. Right. It's like weird seduction of changing into a tank top. Uh -huh. Oh, what? It was either this or the baggy sweatshirt. Then why didn't you choose the baggy sweatshirt? Because <sighs> I wanted to look nice for you. Oh, my God. What were we talking about? I don't know, you just erased my mind. Oh, breakups. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it does. Like... And then sort of like negging her, trying to neg her into bed. Right. <laughs> Fortunately, she does not fall for it. Right, but the fact right. that she even went off with him at all yeah. is, is she frustrating. Got, she got busted because the guy, before anything yes, happened. The so. super nice guy came to her show. He missed it, but he got there as she's leaving with David Cross, and she just leaves with him. Yeah. Yeah, bad decision. She's in a, not in a great right. place. She's not in a great place. <laughs> yeah. I like that there's a lot of her just not being in a good place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when she's kind of stalking her ex and then I ducks under a car. <laughs> 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 and leaving him a million messages when he first oh, yeah. up with her. The drunken, the drunken right. message montage. Oh, she has so HPV. Yeah. The, she's like, but I have not the nice, the nice lady HPV. HPV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you cannot get to the phone. Uh... Kate has HPV. The kind of HPV where you get warts on your stuff and um, ovarian cancer. There's a lot of other stuff I could say, but I'm a lady. Have a great life. I'll be here with my normal HPV that one in four nice women have. Um, there will not be an apology message for this apology message. Goodbye. He's very nice. I guess a hot prod for me is just that he's not, he's so not my type that it's hard for me to understand what she sees in him other than his niceness. He is very nice and he's obviously personality-wise very different than her previous romantic yeah. choices and he's good for her in that regard, but he's just not sexy to me in any way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you see a little chemistry like when they are getting together and the song's playing and they're kind of dancing around and being playful. I can see it then. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do it for me. Like, he is so nice. She's so much he cooler doesn't... than he is. <laughs> right. I mean, she is. She is. Yeah. Does he appreciate her sense of humor? I don't know. It I was just sort of, yeah, yeah, I guess, like, he, I don't know. I was just like, she's so much cooler than him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, but then, you know, you see, like, the cool guys. But the cool guys are problematic. Are, right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like the guy who is looking at his phone while he's breaking up with her. And, oh, yeah. You know, and then David oh. Cross is kind of the cool... I mean, he's definitely, you would think, cooler than Max, the super nice guy, but he's so gross. Yeah, um, he's definitely... I mean, he would 
consider himself cooler, I'm sure. Right. Obviously, somebody thinks <laughs> very highly of himself. I know that breakup scene was so brutal. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm nervous, but she's such a great actress. Her response to him, just like, I don't know where to look. She's like, you don't know where to look? Why are you stop looking at your phone while you're dumping me? Is she calling you? Is she asking you, have you dumped her yet? No. Or are you just such a dick? Sorry. That you're looking at your phone while you're dumping me. I just don't know where to look. You don't know where to look? Well, this is probably a good area. Oh, she's so terrific. Yeah. She's great. I'm so blown away, like, when someone like Jenny Slate, when they show the sex scene montage, and like, why does she have this, like, crazy rockin' bod, right? <laughs> like, where did that come? Why are you just walking around with that? I mean, it's a She is smoking hot. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, yeah, she gets she's to be great super smart and super pretty and funny and she's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so nice. She's also in real life seems like such a nice down-to-earth person. That's why she was the perfect, I thought, perfect with Chris Evans. Because he's so known for being like the perfect man. Like very nice and very handsome and politically on point and <laughs> really woke and feminist. I'm sad they couldn't make it work. But. Is she with anyone now? I don't know. I think she got engaged, actually, oh, to really? this guy who, like, he runs writer's workshops in New England or something. I read about him. Super like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, a civilian. I think that was the the first time they broke up and then they got back together. Neither of them really talk about it too much. He's like too classy to talk about his exes. Which is kind of, he's got that like Ryan Gosling thing where he's like, everybody I've ever dated is beautiful and perfect. Right, yeah. And it just didn't work out. But I think she like had a problem with how famous he was. Yeah. Not like a problem with it, but it was uncomfortable for yeah. her. Yeah, it's making a choice yeah. to have a yeah. certain lifestyle, I think. Definitely. And he is one of the most famous. I mean, he's like, one of the most famous Chris's. I mean, yeah. And some would argue the best of the, of the famous Chris's. <laughs> I can't really keep them straight. I couldn't pick out Chris Hemsworth from a lineup. And there's Chris Evans and Chris Pratt, I know, but. It's what about another from a lineup of Hemsworths? <laughs> no, definitely cannot. I think, no, yeah, I can tell Liam and Chris apart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't there another Chris? There's Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pine. Oh, Chris Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine. Yeah. I do not know yeah. who that is at all. Star Trek, I think. Star Trek. He, he's, yeah. um, I have yeah. an affinity for him because he was in the One American Summer series. He was very funny in that. I love Chris Evans and Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> oh right, wait. Who is, I, I quoted is all he the, the chicken isn't vegan. No, he's no, the, wait, no, uh, the skateboarder. It's called a grind, bro. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> God, everybody's in that movie. <laughs> it's true, everybody. Like, cast is incredible. It is. The casting director for, uh, for Booksmart. Oh, they're <laughs> yeah, on point. Genius. Yeah. Yes, that woman is the best. She just cast everything. Her friends are the best. I love her relationship with Kathy Hoffman's character. Mm-hmm. They just have such a good rapport. And I love her friend at the club. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, funny. It's just nice to see her have that good support right. group. Even though and, she's kind of spiraling. Right. I love that she's in a really bad place, but it's not like she's a train wreck or she's a loser or something. You know, she yeah. just has having a little run of bad luck. I feel like so often, like in movies, yeah. you see this like beautiful woman is like for some reason a complete, you know, it's like smart, beautiful, good personality, but like her life is a total shambles because she's just a train wreck mess. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why, why would you be such a mess? 
Yeah, it's not like she's making a lot of terrible decisions for the most part. She just, yeah, everything kind of happened. It snowballed where she got dumped and she lost her job. And because she was sad from the breakup, she (laughs) had this mistake. Right. Oh, and like you were talking about the excuses for pregnancy, they do talk about that. Yeah, I really she's liked like, that. that. Was, like, it was you didn't use a condom, and she's like, "Well, there was a condom there. Right. I'm just not sure what it did." And then, <laughs> right, and then they show them like all drunk and messing with yeah. it, having trouble opening <laughs> it. It's on his hand or something. And, and she's like, "Wait, no, I remember it like this. Here is a condom. Please put it on." <laughs> <laughs> they were just so drunk. They tried. Yeah, I like the personal, like, story, like, as opposed to Citizen Ruth, where it seems like it became, like, less about Ruth and more about, like, the movement in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, and this one is more, like, personal. Like, you get to know her and her life and how she's, like, really down on her luck. And then her mom has that abortion story of how she had, her grandma had to drive her so far. And then Gabby Hoffman, too. I think about that all the time, but thinking about the teenage me, like, I would have right. done the same thing. And it was, like, way better, like, personal, about the person, you know? <laughs> like well, this it normalizes the procedure. Yeah. Like, it's a thing that's gonna, that is likely to come up for a woman at some point in their lives instead of just this, like, crazy situation. Like, like nothing about... Ruth Stoops is normal. Her life right. is insane. And they're like, this is the type of person who needs an abortion. It's a person who can't stop having sex with strangers and is on drugs instead of like, it's just literally anybody. Right, <laughs> right, right. And that also, it's not made out to be that big a thing in her life or in, yeah. you know, in Gabby Hoffman's life or in her mom's life. Like, this is not. It's not some gut-wrenching decision that she has to make. I mean, she really is not grappling with that decision. Oh, what should I do? Like, obviously she was going to, you know, like, Mm -hmm. why would she have that baby? It's kind of maybe a bummer, but it's not something that, you know, as in Citizen Ruth, the only person that had an abortion says, it ruined my life. And I feel like that's how you had often seen it depicting as this terrible thing that happened to someone that they went through and that they never really got over like gabby hoffman says oh i feel a little sad for my teenage self when i think about it but not oh i regret it or it was terrible or it's so true to life that it is just you know something like a lot of people end up having you know i feel it's like when you know if you ever have a bad pap smear and you have to go back and have that follow up. Either of you ever had that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, uh, what's it called? A colposcopy is just like a super intense pap smear, and then mm-hmm. they remove the cells, like they burn them off or freeze them off or whatever. And it's just sort of like that. Like, it's just something. I mean, that wasn't a very pleasant thing. Yeah. But, you just know, like an extra. It's not something you ever think about. You, right. You kind of have a sick day, and that's right. <laughs> And that's about it. And yeah, you're not you're not regretting it. <laughs> right. She's not damaged goods now. <laughs> exactly. And right. Or it doesn't make it. You know, I feel like that's another trope. An old timey trope is I had an abortion and now I can't have kids. Oh right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh they did that in True Detective. Oh, they did. It's fun. Well, yeah, his love interest <laughs> kept saying. It's because of these surgeries I had. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was, and it was just like really bad. It's nice to see people being happy with that decision. There's a man creeping through the room. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason it's a big deal is because 
She's just gotten dumped, and the day that they schedule the procedure for is Valentine's Day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's really the only reason it's a big deal, and even it's not that big of a deal. She's like, first she's like, I can't go on Valentine's Day, and then she's like, oh, no, fuck it. Of course right. I can. It's fine. <laughs> and she even says it won't be the worst Valentine's Day ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you believe her. I believe right. her. And it ends up being kind of sweet. You know, he yeah. shows up with flowers. He goes with her. They watch a movie after. I mean, that is... A- pretty decent valentine's day i'm sure she's had worse i've definitely had worse valentine's day than that one. Oh yeah me too definitely <laughs> she gets to be in her pajamas all day <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great to me shut up hot probs is on oh shit yeah my one big hot prob apart it's not even a big one but my one hot prob besides the fact that max is not my type at all <laughs> and jenny slate is such a catch is that, uh, how did he know what time her abortion was? Yeah, I do wonder how he knows he showed up just when just to show up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They never discuss that. Yeah, was that a line they didn't show in her stand-up where she said, tomorrow? Because if she does make a joke like, you're all in this with me, That's right? True. You're all, so maybe she you're specifically all said 9 a.m. or something. Maybe she did, Maybe yeah. she said it was the morning. My not big but a little hot prod is... When she goes to the clinic and they say, well, you're only a few weeks along, so it's actually too early to do it and you have to wait a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Why isn't there mention of, well, if it's that early, you can do the, the pills. The morning after pill? Well, not the morning after pill. Or the morning after pill, you can really literally just do the morning after, but then there's, I don't know if it's still called RU486, but when it first came on the market, that's what it was called. And if it's that early, I think you take pills for a few days and it basically, it's like having a miscarriage. Oh, okay. That's my hot prob is why, you know, some people might just just opt not to do it that way. That just stands out to me a little bit. She's early enough to do it and why they don't mention it. Maybe it's like there was a weird window between being able to use that pill or that series of pills and be able to get a procedure, and also there was scheduling conflicts. Right. I mean, I really don't think so. It's funny because... It probably is a device, but I just really want to get... Right, (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, I think... uh, (laughs) I think she needs that for the plot, or maybe didn't know that was an option or something, but, I mean, it was a weird coincidence that right at the time when the pro-lifer thing of the day was the transvaginal ultrasounds like trying to mandate that Mm -hmm. like oh you have to have an ultrasound you have to look at it and by a weird coincidence right when that was happening I knew two people that had abortions at Planned Parenthood the the one Mm -hmm. right over here so you know certainly not the bible belt or anything and they did have like it wasn't the government making them do that, but they did both have vaginal ultrasounds at Planned Parenthood, and that was why. It was to see if they were early enough to do it by the pill. Okay. And they both were. You know, it was just funny that they were trying to make that thing because you had to look at it or something. But it seemed like, you know, it might already be a thing that they just do anyway for that reason, you know? (laughs) I think it's either you're early enough to do it by the pill or you're too far that you have to do the procedure so i don't know why they don't mention that yeah well this is just like a really minor hot prob but like the (laughs) lukewarm prob (laughs) yeah i don't know just like it was so convenient that max was her mom's student right i don't know it was just like well that's convenient no i don't know (laughs) but she might not have ever seen him again and then he shows up at her mom's yeah he'd already gone to the store i think Mm -hmm. and then she kind of blew him off there right is that what she plays into the show? 
I don't know. I mean, I think that you think she's they're never going to see each other again because she kind of blows him off when it comes into the bookstore. Okay. But then when she runs into him at her mom's, that's when they end up going out to eat and he warms the butter, right? Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was cute. And then I think I they're kind of sort of dating for a little bit. Yeah, that, she keeps almost telling him. Yeah. But then he says he wants to be a grandpa. <laughs> oh, right. That was what a weird thing to say. <laughs> and then she comically stops bread into her mouth. That's another active technique that I like is food acting. Yeah. <laughs> Just hilariously eating something or incorporating that into your... <laughs> Into your performance. I think there should be awards for food acting. <laughs> you are really good at coming up with performance awards. I would have like... the best MTV movie awards. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. I really loved how she goes up for her set and she's sort of unraveling on stage. <laughs> her, her boyfriend cheated on her with her best friend. and I thought it was just like a friend. I didn't oh. think it was someone she was super... But it was somebody that she was supposedly friends with. Right, yeah. right. She's, she's joking about murder Suey. He's just going up and down on his dick so slowly so that he knows exactly how blonde her pussy is. Then I just come in and I murder Suey everything and then she gets stains on her sheets. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! I just thought that was hilarious, yeah. the way that she <laughs> describes things. I was like totally right there with her, like, oh, that's hilarious. She's yeah. very funny. Her stand-up is, that's her real job. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times in movies, even with funny comedians, their stand-up in their movie is not as good as their real stand-up. But I don't know if that is from her actual, <laughs> if right. she was able to write her own stand-up. But it's very in- indicative of her real stand-up. I love her so stand-up good. in the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the whole thing. her I, underwear. <laughs> there is no woman who ends her day with like a clean pair of underpants that look like they've ever even come from a store. Okay, they look like little bags that have fallen face down in like a tub of cream cheese and then like commando crawled their way out (laughs) and then like carabinered up like into a crotch like they're not they're not items that are like for anyone to see. I feel like I have seen her do the underwear bit before. Which is so, yeah, that's some real truth bombs right there. Right. <laughs> She's with Max and she wakes up like after having the one night stand with him and like her underwear is like right <laughs> next to his head it. on the yeah. pillow. <laughs> I love her face when she has to extract it. Her like, right. careful extract underwear extraction face. She doesn't want him to wake up. Right. Right. I also love how her first stand up, the other part is about holding in farts in the beginning yeah. of the relationship. <laughs> But then when he would like leave my apartment, I would be like, good night, and pretend to be so confident. Um, I would just shut the door and and, like stand there for a minute and then just be like, no, 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 don't you be your old self. And then it'd be like, but it feels so good. I got it. That's my butthole's voice. I gotta be me. I gotta be me. Then it would just be like, And then the guy accidentally farts in her face when she first meets him. That is really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, once you once you fart in someone's face, then you might as well kiss them because they already, <laughs> done one of the most they already broke the, the fart barrier. <laughs> the, the line that I laughed out the most was she's talking with Gabby Hoffman, who I think is her roommate. Yeah. Her, they live together. Gabby Hoffman's like, 
You didn't use a condom with <laughs> pee farter? Okay. Like, yeah. I wrote that like one down too. He is the pee farter. Like, right. that's his name. That's her. a really good friendship shorthand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That rang very true. You would have something that, that's your reference for yes, that person. Exactly. <laughs> Especially nicknames for people that you think you're not going right. to yeah. She, I mean, she's pretty convinced that it's a one night stand, but he, he likes her, so he tracks her down. I liked the way she asks. <laughs> she says, I would like an abortion, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk about your options. Um, I would like an abortion, please. Or, I don't, that sounds very insensitive, I'm not sure. Sounds like I was ordering at a drive-thru, but I would like an abortion, please. <laughs> She doesn't try to talk her out of it, but she's basically like, oh, I feel like I need to give you a spiel. And she's like, no. It's important that you've put a lot of thought into this and that this decision is entirely yours. I'd also like to provide you with all the information you need about abortion as well as other options. I think it's a thing that they're supposed to make sure they've gone over the options. I watched this documentary and this woman, I think she's in one of the really terrible states. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I have to read this thing. And then she really breezes through it. She's just like, blah, 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 blah. Right. She's like, I, I know you've already made your decision, but I'm legally obligated to read this bullshit to you. Yeah. So I'm sure it is something like that. It's $500. It's her whole rent. Yeah. And then her mom with her abortion story. That's such a sweet scene. I love that yeah. scene. I right. love that. Just the idea of you can always crawl into bed with your mom. Mm-hmm. When things are bad, and the, her mom was like, "What did she say? I thought you were gonna tell me you." She right, so she's worried. very relieved that that's what. Oh, it I thought is. you were gonna tell me you were moving to LA. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thank God you're just getting an abortion. I thought you were gonna tell me you're moving to LA. Right. That makes sense. They live in New York, so right. <laughs> that would be a mother's fear, especially since they're clearly so close. And then her mom's like, "I'm so glad that you can just go to the clinic, and you don't have to go to this sketchy." Right. Terrible place like I did. I like her line when she's doing the confessional stand-up the night before the abortion. She's talking about what she's going to do, and then she says, and after that, I will be in my future. Which yeah. I think yeah. is just a really nice way of looking at it. You know? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a, kind of a nice way to approach life in general for anything that's unpleasant. Like, I'll just, I'll do it, and then I'll be in my future, and it'll be done. Yeah, I love to think that way, too, where some, you have know, something's difficult. So, this is going to be a long time ago someday. I have a couple poll okay. questions. One, when they talk a lot like, oh, should she tell him or not? Or like, does he have a right to know or something? Oh, yeah. I mean, not really a poll, but I'm curious. In general, do you think in a situation like that, do you owe it to that guy? If someone's having an abortion, they're definitely going to do that. Does the guy need to know? There was a Sex in the City thing, too, where they, mm-hmm. there was an argument of, well, I think he has a right to know. And yeah. I mean, I don't think so. I also I don't think it benefits a person to know. I probably wouldn't. If I didn't think I would see the person again. Right. Like, well, like, if like, you were one of her friends, like, you know, because I feel like there was one friend that was saying, like, oh, you should, you should tell him or he should know. Or I wouldn't want to, you know, oh, the guy, because the gay friend, he's like, yeah. I would want to know if I got someone pregnant. Well, we would all want to yeah. know. Like, yeah. That, right. <laughs> If that yeah. was a little bit of a guy perspective there, like that a guy would want to know uh-huh. or would feel like he had the right to know. I agree with Gabby Hoffman's perspective in that, which is that, like, no, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he does not right. need to know. If you're thinking of it from a pro-life perspective where you're like, it's a baby, <laughs> it's his 
baby, then I guess I can see why you might argue that they, they should know. But if you're looking at it as a collection of cells that it is, and then it's not really a, a person yet, then it's really it's just something that's happening in your body. It's not their business unless they're going to be in your life yeah. more. And even then, it's not, I mean, she doesn't owe him anything right. in that regard. But if he's a nice guy, which he turns out to be, then it's not even a courtesy, but just like sharing with him because she's sharing herself with him. Right. Yeah. I think no. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah I, I, I'm with Gabby Hoffman too. Yeah. yeah what's I the benefit? Even, to I feel it, like even you if know? you were a pro-lifer, that's even more reason not to tell him. You know, if she's definitely going to, and then why would it benefit him to know that if he felt that way? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, like he could just <laughs> never know that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing that I have a reason for asking for polling people about, you know, the very beginning thing is in her stand-up about how in the beginning of her relationship, her butthole is on. <laughs> Yeah, the best behavior is just holding farts in, and then he farts in front of her in the very beginning. Like, I'm in general, how far into a relationship is that barrier broken? <laughs> it depends on the person, really. Right. I mean, it's if I become comfortable with them, then it's like, I mean, I think it was before I had kids, we were definitely, it's, yeah, why hold it in? I mean, certainly if I... My husband did not, wasn't shy about it, I don't think, for, it, we, it wasn't very far in. But then yeah. there were definitely people who I never got comfortable around who I would, I'm sure I let one slip from time to time, <laughs> but I tried to be cool around them. I totally identified with that, not wanting to have any, like, fart noise or anything <laughs> come from my body. I, I yeah it totally depends on comfort little level for sure even when i like first started dating my boyfriend the walls are so thin in my apartment <laughs> and like the door is so thin it's like he's gonna hear me go to the bathroom i don't know <laughs> but yeah you like run the water exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah running the water or something i don't know yeah i got very pee shy but i got over it when i worked in an office where there were there was one bathroom with three dolls and not that many people. Anyone who came yeah. into the bathroom while you were in there was someone you knew and we're going to see in a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. I felt weird. That's like the only time I remember feeling weird about going to the bathroom was when I was like, it's a coworker. <laughs> You're going to hear me take a shit and then I'm going to look you in the eye in like a meeting in, in 10 minutes. I've totally. <laughs> I, I, work. I have gone. Oh, I can't, you know. I'm not no. the kind of person who can be like, I choose when I poop. No, no. Well, no, no but it's a bit. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't choose that, but I have like the shy bowels where I don't oh, poop no, no, away no. from home. <laughs> My bowels are not shy. I didn't even shy. poop while we were in Virginia. <laughs> So, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, but so the reason that I asked this is because I only a couple years ago realized how weird and funny this is that Rich and I don't fart in front of each other. Really? <laughs> really? We've been together for 18 years. I think in the beginning, neither of us really wanted to. Like, I think it was a little bit more him at first. And we just don't. You know, it's just sort of like we just never. We I feel like we even decided sort of not to and just never changed that oh, policy. Wow. This came up like a couple of years ago. Someone was talking about a couple like, oh, so they were together for like a year before they farted in front of each other. Like, I can do you one better than that. That's <laughs> amazing. But, I know. Isn't that crazy? I literally have awesome. never wow. heard him fart. We've been married for 15 years. Like, wow. I think I have let a couple slip here and there. That's impressive. I can't believe it. I'm amazed. Yeah, we're just uh, 
My bedroom yeah, smells like farts. Never wanted to. So. <laughs> right. And this is not that. This is very alien to me. And I'm right. I know. It's weird. <laughs> he was 26 when we first met. And then he had like dated a lot, but I was coming off a relationship with someone like we lived together and we didn't have like a good physical chemistry. And so we were kind of like brother and sister. We like farted in each other's faces, you know, <laughs> like I'm like, I don't want to be like a brother or sister with someone. Yeah. And I think he had never, he had never. Lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then we just never stopped being that way. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Pandora's box. Right. Well, sure. that's weird. I think it's funny because he has like literally seen me give birth twice. And, yeah. But we broke that barrier, but we don't. I can't even imagine not knowing what my husband's farts smell exactly. <laughs> right. I know. I think I know what your husband's farts smell like. <laughs> yeah. I always think of that first time that he came with us to Wild Ways, just me and him and, and the kids, of course. Yeah. But um, there was some ride where it was like four across or something. So he was in front of the rest of us. Like it's when you're flat. And he gets on. He's like, you guys are going to have to smell my farts. Uh, how did I get to Libby? <laughs> <laughs> He's taken, ladies. <laughs> you know what I realized? It wasn't just that we were comfortable. It was that I had a cat <laughs> who wouldn't allow me to close the door. He would just scratch the door and cry from the other side if the door was closed. So I'm like, I have to leave the door what open. Is it? Otherwise, that? I'm not going to be able to poop in peace. The only way to poop in peace <laughs> is to leave the door open a little bit. It's so <laughs> annoying how cats can't stand a closed door because they, you know, they have no interest in going into yeah. that room unless you close the door. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. kids are the same, though. That's, that's true. I, if right. I ever try to have a minute of peace and close the door, that's when my kids need all the right. things. And half the time, they're like, also, I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> it's very infrequent that I get, to, unless I'm home alone, that I get to, like, really settle in and, <laughs> and relax. That's a great question, though. I like that. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> you really got me thinking. <laughs> that was the moment that their relationship won me over, was when he farted in her face while he was peeing, and then they kissed. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's kind of the romance story that I relate to yeah. <laughs> right. versus holding in your farts for the rest of your life, <laughs> right. which is another kind of romance, I suppose. Right. We're just trying to hold on to the, you know, the mystery. The beginning. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, what's funny because I actually, it's something I've said before where I feel like I think of my husband more like my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. that is, but, there's a kind of romance in that for sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a flip side to that, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, in some ways we just never got past that part. Lucas likes to, from time to time, bring out the card of how when you watch a woman give birth, you also watch them take a shit on the table. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's an extra level of intimacy there that maybe a lot of people who have not seen a woman give birth don't know about. I don't think I did that when I had Dash, but I definitely did when I had Lucy. And it's funny that I did that in front of him, and I still don't fart in front of him. <laughs> and I'm still well, you like... you couldn't not. I mean, right. just... You're pushing so hard. Like, yeah. I did not push a poop out. I don't know. Yeah. It's not possible for me. <laughs> Which movie do you guys like better? Oh, gosh. I mean, overall, definitely Obvious Child. Although Citizen Ruth is so entertaining, but it's so frustrating, and that cop-out ending just bugs me so much. Whereas there's really pretty much nothing I don't like about Obvious Child. Yeah, I liked Obvious Child a lot better. Jenny Slate's so awesome, and then I, I really liked in Citizen Ruth the acting, but I felt like the personal connection of mm-hmm. like the characters were... I liked Obvious Child more for that. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think Obvious Child also for 
similar reasons that you guys mentioned. I like a com what a comedy elicits an emotional response from me as well. Mm-hmm. Versus Citizen Ruth, I love Lorga. She's just absolutely one of my favorite actresses, and I will enjoy her in anything. But it's just the visual spectacle that's enjoyable about it. There's almost no emotional investment in that movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She tries her best, but the character is such a cartoon. Right. And all the characters are cartoons. It's billed as a satire. A downside to a satire is that most of the people in them are not real people. Right. The, yeah. Even though she's literally right. playing a real person, the portrayal <laughs> right. of that person is a caricature. Right. Right down yeah. to the whole constructed conflict of being offered money by both sides. I liked it even less after I read that in real life, the pro-choice people were like, we'll pay for your abortion. And right. that was their offer. Yeah. That just makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because the whole thing about being pro-choice is because we care about women and we care about women having a choice and that's the most important thing. We're not just like trying to win. Right. Because the sad truth is the the pro-lifers say they're going to take care of her baby. They certainly are not going to do that. Right. Or also one thing that I feel like they don't even really mention is not just that they're not going to take care of her baby, but just the cost, you know, pregnancy and childbirth. Like that's also can be staggeringly expensive, you know. Yeah. And are they going to help her with her prenatal care and her right? Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say she does. Yeah. And even with healthcare, you still get a million bills after leaving right. the hospital for crazy things. I can't remember what the craziest thing I got a bill for was, but I know I've seen things on like Facebook and whatnot about yeah. like oh this was a. Someone came in and looked at the baby for five seconds, and then this was a $1,000. Right. That sort of thing. A bath, I remember. I think there was one bill that was like they gave the baby a bath. And then not to mention that once you leave the hospital, then you have to feed and clothe this thing, and diapers are so crazy expensive. Yeah, and you have your own physical recovery after that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mess. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big flaw. But that it bugs me even more knowing it's based on a real story, and that's was a change in it. And then I feel like also his movies got progressively less good. I love Election, but I guess I feel like I like Election better than Citizen Ruth. But that also has some problems. You're basically supposed to not like her because she's ambitious. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing about her. And also Election is based on a book and in the book, her character is much more sexual and plays up her sexuality during that. And he took that out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it one time listening with the commentary and he's saying, oh, wow. uh, well, she's much more sexual in the book and we just wanted her to be more frigid. And, you know, I think that's kind of a gross decision. <laughs> you know. Did he say why? I don't that? remember if he... I don't remember if he said why. It just felt like he just wanted to take that away from her. You know, they kept that she has an affair with a teacher, but he sort of made it like she wasn't really into it. I feel like he just kind of took away that. I don't know. I mean, I think he just... in the movie. Yeah. I think he just wants people not to like her. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's not... (laughs) <laughs> his his films definitely are not all that feminist in general. Right. I mean, like, the only reason Ruth is as likable as she is is because of who's playing her. Really. Right. I can't think of any other, even women in any other movies besides, I mean... Right. Well, Sideways, Sideways has, has Virginia Madsen. Oh, and oh, Sandra, Sandra Oh, Sandra oh. But just, yeah. whatever, Right, just... but he was married to her at the time. Oh, okay. Um... But I barely remember them from that movie. Yeah. I did not like that movie at all. I think they'll... Oh, I saw about Schmidt, but I... I mean, that's just a movie about men, and Sideways yeah. is a movie about men, and... Exactly. Yeah. And who knows what the fuck downsides are going to 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one. <laughs> that will have to remain a mystery. <laughs> On the next episode of Paid and Puke, no one will laugh at you for joining us to examine Brian De Palma's iconic 1976 horror film, Carrie, based on the novel by Stephen King. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, or join us on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.